Hey mamas, you're listening to the Balanced Working Mama podcast, the only podcast teaching you how to balance your work, motherhood, and wellness. I am Dr. Amber Thornton, clinical psychologist and mama wellness consultant. Each week we dive into tips and strategies and much more so that you too can become a balanced working mama. Let's dive in. Hey mamas, how are you doing? How is it going? Wow. (laughs) Welcome to the Balanced Working Mama podcast yet again. We are here for another episode. Y'all, look, listen, let's check in real quick. Um, So if you all follow me on Instagram, you know that my podcast studio, and I'm putting quotes around that, um, is in my basement. And the air just turned on. And so now I'm wondering if you can even hear me. I hope you can. Um, (laughs) But let's check in, y'all. So at the time that I am recording this, I have been working for about two weeks now. And look, I... (laughs) I don't know what to say here. Like, um, so remember the podcast episode that we had about um, post-pandemic transitions and um, working mamas transitioning back to a space and a place that feels more normal in spite of the fact that we are still in a very real pandemic. Um, Many of us are transitioning back to work in person. Many of our children are going back to school. Um, So many things are changing. And so um, there is still this carryover in terms of um, adjusting for me. And so I keep referencing that episode because I think that one is just really, um, I don't know, that one was a really important episode because that is something that I'm currently going through, but then also I know a lot of other mamas are going through as well. So if you did not listen to that one, I think that was episode 44, um, definitely go back, check that one out because that's essentially how I'm doing. I am still in the midst of transition, you all. Um, It continues to get a little bit better. I think getting out of the house is a little bit easier in the morning. Um, For me, leaving the home in the morning is easier than coming home in the evening. And not because I don't want to come home, but um, I am one that tends to feel a little bit more frazzled and overwhelmed as the days go on. And so at in the evening, after a full day of working and then picking up the kids, coming home, having to put away breast milk, get everything organized and spend time with my children, I'm just a little frazzled at that point. And so I'm still working through what are the things I need to put in place so that I feel more calm in the evenings as we're coming home, because I do want to be present with my babies, um, which then leads me to last week's episode, episode 45, um, where we talked about balanced working partners. And, you know, my husband and I, us working together as a team to ensure that every one of us, the children himself, but also myself included, feels like they have what they need to be satisfied and whole and happy and present within our family. So we're working through the kinks of our morning and evening routines. Um, And this is okay, because this really um, is a process. It's a process. It takes time, but I know in a few more weeks it'll it'll feel more solidified, and I'm looking forward to that. Oh, y'all, my dog is barking. Oh my gosh. So, with that being said, let's talk about today's episode. Today, today's episode features the one and only Jasmine Chanel founder of Mom to Mogul. And so if you know, you know, if you know, you know, but if you don't know, that's okay. And I want you to listen to today's episode so that you can become familiar. I have followed Jasmine Chanel for probably since January of 2020. Um, So about a year and a half now. And she has really been a key figure in my own confidence and ability to grow Balanced Working Mama. And it is because she herself is the owner of a six-figure business that she built from the ground up. She works to help support 
working moms to transition from their nine to fives to work for themselves and become entrepreneurs. She is so amazing, you all. And so as you're listening to me talk about her, definitely follow her on Instagram um, at underscore Jasmine Chanel. Um, I'm checking my Instagram really quickly just to make sure. Yep. Underscore Jasmine Chanel. Um, She is just so awesome, especially if you are a business owner, but also if you're just a mama with kids, uh, because she really is just very transparent, very honest and very um, vulnerable at times about her own motherhood experience. And so she and I decided to come on the podcast together just to have a conversation about wellness, about wealth, about entrepreneurship, about motherhood, you all. And I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation with her. Um, So I hope that you all enjoy us two Black mamas talking about what it's like to build our businesses, experience mom guilt all the while, ask for help so that we can continue to grow these things and show up for our our babies. I hope y'all enjoy this conversation. She also has a podcast, the Mom to Mogul podcast. And so if you are a mom and an entrepreneur um, working to build a business, hoping to exit your corporate job and and go into your business full time, she is definitely a good go-to person. Check out her podcast, check out her Instagram, and also consider joining some of her programs. All right, y'all, let's get into today's episode. Hey mama, I want to quickly tell you about the Empower Wellness Program. This is a dynamic six-week group for working mothers who are tired of feeling overwhelmed, fatigued, burdened by mom guilt, but then also just not having enough time for themselves. This program takes all of that and transforms it into more wellness, more time for yourself, better priorities, community with other mothers, but then overall balance in your work, motherhood, and wellness. To learn more about the Empower Wellness Program, head over to balanceworkingmama.com. There you can find when the next program begins, what to expect, but then also how to sign up. Hope to see you in the next group. Hey, so... Hello, Jasmine. Excited. (laughs) I know we were just like preparing for this before I hit record and I was just like, I don't know what to do. And so I'm just like, all right, we're just going to dive in. We're just going to talk. (laughs) But I'll just, I'll just be first to say, I'm just so excited to talk to you. Um, Because one, you're somebody that I have definitely followed for Oh, probably over a year now. It's been a while. Um, so definitely someone that I've been following and like just seeing your kids grow, your business grow, and just been so inspired by you. So just thank you for like the work that you do and inspiring all of us in the ways that you do. Um, because it has definitely been helpful and impactful for me. Oh, thank you. And I'm excited to chat with you because just watching your journey um, (laughs) over the last year or so as well. And I don't remember how we originally got connected, but I just know we just have a couple DM conversations from here to there (laughs) and, you know, kudos each other's posts and things like that. So I'm excited. I think this will be a rich conversation. Yes. And so on my end, I know how we got connected. So it was because you were on the Real Moms 2 podcast. Oh, it was a while ago. It Uh was the Real Moms 2 podcast with Alana and Sia. I think they're taking a little pause on the podcast Mm -hmm. right now. But I remember I was listening to their podcast and I heard you talking about helping moms build businesses. And I was like, oh, my gosh, she's dope. I really like her. And so that's when I first started following you. So from there, I don't know how we got connected, but that is how I found you. (laughs) <laughs> oh cool I didn't know that see podcasts podcasts do their work <laughs> yes so that was the connection for me um but so I guess maybe let's speak to the audience a little bit just so that they know what we're doing right. we are having a conversation today um because I, I definitely wanted to have Jasmine on on my podcast and, and vice versa but we're just going to chat and talk about all things wellness wealth motherhood business things like that. So I'm excited to have this conversation too. Yeah, same. Likewise, I'm excited to have you on the Mom to Mogul podcast as well. So maybe we should do introductions and then <laughs> go from there. So I'll let you go ahead. 
Thank you for thinking of that because that was not even on my radar. Um, so my name is Dr. Amber Thornton. I am a clinical psychologist and I have also given myself the title of motherhood wellness coach. Um, and in February of 2020, I founded Balance, Balance Working Mama. And, and basically what our mission is, is to really help millennial mamas to completely redefine what balance looks like in motherhood. And we're doing that because from my own experience, but then also what I'm learning from other millennial mamas is that balance in motherhood has felt very unattainable. It has felt very um, out of reach. I think many of us grew up seeing our moms, our aunties, our grandmas um, self-sacrificing tremendously in the name of motherhood. And that personally scared me. And it, it made me think that I almost didn't want to have kids. And now I do. I have two kids. Um, I have a two-year-old and a three-month-old. And it's it's great, but it's hard. And so I've had to really learn and figure out, okay, well, how do I make sure that I stay balanced and I have balance, I have wellness and motherhood so that I can continue to show up and that also I can just live a good life. Um, and so that's what Balanced Working Mama is all about. It's, you know, me really helping to support other mamas in this process as I, I do it myself, um, but then also building community along the way. We have a really cool community that we're building and hoping to grow and it is great. Awesome. And just a little background for me, my name is Jasmine Chanel, and I'm a personal coach, personal brand coach for working moms. And so I think that is unique in how we kind of overlap and really wanting those serve those millennial moms. Yeah. and helping them redefine, as you say, what balance looks like. For me, um, on the entrepreneurial side, really just helping them see that it's okay to have ambitions and dreams outside of just motherhood and that you don't have to wait till your kids are out of the house before you, you know, pursue some of those things, those goals and dreams that you have. And so I am the founder of the Mom to Mogul program and then the host of the Mom to Mogul podcast, where I help corporate mamas build profitable side hustles that they can turn into full-time money so that they can make that exit from corporate so that they have that freedom and time to spend with their kids. And even like you said, pour back into themselves. Um, and so it has been exciting work watching women who didn't think this was possible for them turning their two weeks notice and really get their businesses to places where they have that freedom and flexibility that they're looking for. So I think this will be a rich conversation around this just new millennial motherhood. I think we're breaking all the rules and the, the molds of what motherhood has looked like in the past on all fronts. So I'm excited to talk about it. Yes, yes. And that's what, so I guess, you know, just diving right in, the one thing that really captivated me about you is just, um, I almost like the permission you give us to, like you said, just be ambitious and to show up and to like be confident in the the work that you're doing, the businesses that we're starting. Um, Cause I know that's a huge part of my own personal journey. Um, you know, like just really like putting myself out here. And even like I said before, giving myself the title of motherhood right. wellness coach, like no one else, I don't have a degree for that. I mean, I have a clinical psychologist degree. I don't <laughs> Right. But like no one said like, oh, Amber, you're going to be the motherhood wellness coach or, you know, I, I, I did that for myself um, or even just like working hard on developing the programs that we're doing. It is not easy to be so ambitious as a mother. And I think, you know, even I still battle um, my feelings of guilt when I like walk away to work on my business and stuff like that. But just hearing you and see you do your work, it's like, oh, okay, this is, this is, this is okay. You know, other people are doing it. Jasmine's doing it. She's helping other people do it. So that has been a huge part of my personal journey for sure. Yeah, that permission part is so important for a lot of moms, like you said, because we, we're looking at past generations and nobody has done it this way. And it's kind of like, I think for when, if I speak from my own family background, like it's just kind of like people look up and their kids are grown out of the house. And then, you know, these women who have given themselves completely to motherhood have no identity outside of that and so now your kids are grown and getting married and things and there's all these dynamics that come into play um when you you know you don't have all that, that full control of their life anymore and so I really just didn't want to get to a place where my kids were graduating and you know going off to college or starting their own lives and I had fully lost myself in this role and so I'm like I'm not gonna wait until they go back to school to start this business I'm gonna do it right here while they're in diapers um and a big part of the reason the program was created as well is because 
in the coaching space, I found that I was so uncomfortable in a lot of programs, not because, you know, people were purposely making me feel out of place, but it was just so hard to keep up um, with women who did not have kids. So a lot of the first coaches I worked with were single women without kids. And so the strategies were amazing, but it just wasn't feasible when you're deprived of sleep or when you can't just hop on a plane and go speak at conferences all over the country. And, you know, you can't throw yourself into a full week away in a retreat in the way that somebody without kids could. And so I really wanted to fill that gap and help moms feel comfortable Mm -hmm. showing up in their business with the baby on their lap. Like the biggest thing that I think was a permission slip for a lot of people is that I would go live with my babies. Like (laughs) I would just go live and people were just so shocked that I didn't let the fact that the baby was making noise bother me. The people who were there to get information got what they needed. And so it opened up this space where moms didn't have to apologize for wanting both, for wanting both, you know, a thriving business or a thriving career and to be present in motherhood. Yep. Yep. And I don't know about you, but one thing that I often help moms with is just like the guilt um, that they feel like, I know I recently did a podcast episode about that. Like, how do you even manage guilt? How do you move past it? Like that is something that I think is so big, like on the business side of things, but then also like, I get it a lot too with moms with just taking care of themselves, you know, like, like literally having to say like, look, girl, it's okay for you to go take a moment away from your family so that you can get this exercise in like that is okay. And, and if you feel the guilt, you can move past it. But is that something that you also experience like as you're working with moms, but then also as you've built your business, like, is that ever something you dealt with? Yeah, because in those early years of the business, it was hustle, 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 because that's all I knew at the time. And that's, you know, was the the message that you got from every other business coach. It was like, you just got to grind it out, grind it out. And someday you'll be able to rest. And that wasn't sustainable <laughs> in motherhood because I'm grinding to two or three in the morning. It's like, I'm not spending time with, you know, the people I'm building this business for. And so on the business side, when it comes to the guilt, it's, so, it's a lot different than the self-care. Um, I think because it already feels selfish to take the moment away, but now you're taking it away to go work, not go take care of yourself, not go, you know, pour into yourself. You're taking away to actually go work on. Now the work that you're doing may feel fulfilling, but the guilt is still there because it's work. You're looking at a computer screen, you're responding to DMs. And so the conversations we have around guilt, guilt are a lot different because they have to think you know, five or six years from now, when that one moment away to go live or that one one moment away to, you know, do DMs or emails and things could literally pay for their kids college or, you know, pay for the different things to make their life more comfortable for the kids long term. And so I think that requires a special unique skill as well, because they have to reframe what that time away really is doing and it's not just you working um because I think there's also guilt around working um versus resting so yeah there's some of the the differences there Mm -hmm, absolutely and it's so funny like one thing that I have noticed with working with moms around wellness is that a lot of the mamas that have like participated in in our empower wellness program they go on to like start businesses and I'm just like oh my gosh like that is such an interesting um thing to see like I've had several of them like jump in or like several of them like all right I'm going back to school now or I'm starting this podcast finally and it's like they I think sometimes the way that I see it I'm curious to see what you think um the wellness stuff sometimes really is a prerequisite prerequisite sometimes Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. being able to do the business stuff and we don't think about it like that but it it, it hit me when I started to see like mamas finish the wellness stuff then they're like all right now I can go do this bigger thing and I just thought that was so cool yeah so it kind of it spills over because once you prioritize yourself in that way related to your wellness then it opens your mind to all the other ways you've been sacrificing or keeping yourself so small. So I think that's why it expands for a lot of people once they work on the mindset and the wellness and feeling deserving of this space to still be a woman outside of their roles as wives, mothers, girlfriends, and different things like that. Um, they now have that open space to say, hold on, like there's some things I've been squishing in the background that I can get mm-hmm. back to. Um, and that's the most empowering thing I think 
about the thing that you're teaching as well is that that permission continues to come up like all the ways that we have told ourselves no or told ourselves that we're not worthy of certain things just because we are mothers um, is a big mindset block that I think a lot of people have to get over even before they start to see success in the business um, because a lot of women have tried and failed because they hadn't put that mindset work or that wellness first um, before they sought out the you know marketing and business strategy. That is so true. Um, Now I'm curious, like, has there ever been mamas in your program who, like, as you were working with them, like you both maybe together realized, like, maybe there is like this other mindset piece or this wellness piece that we have to work on first in order for you to move forward in your business? Yeah, a lot of it is around rest. So really guilt around rest. So many of the women I work with are naturally high achievers. And so they're mm-hmm. going, going, going. Like, and I'm sure you saw you see this in your psychology practice as well, where rest feels like something they can't do. And so what I've had to teach them or help clarify for them is that you can't get creative ideas. You can't, you know, get in that flow if there's no rest. If your mind is on laundry, if your mind is on all the kids are doing this or this is happening in school is starting next week, whatever that looks like. If you don't have any space for silence in your life, these creative ideas are not going to flow. Or if they do flow, there's going to be no time for implementation and execution. And so a lot of them have naturally been pushing through for generations and generations. They've been, you know, silencing their feelings, silencing their intuition. They don't trust themselves. And now they go to do this business thing and it fails and it's because you haven't trusted yourself along the way. And so sometimes we have to work backwards to see where you have rest in your life. Like before we start implementing the time that you're going to work on your social media or the time that you, you know, are going to work on the content of your program. what's the time in your routine we need to insert rest um, and then slowly add some of these business things. But because I have to be careful as well, because because so many of them are high achievers. They will insert this business as another thing to get away from their emotions or another thing to get away from the stresses of life just to make themselves more busy instead of like healing through some of the mindset work. And so I have to be really careful not to give them a boatload of strategy. So we spend about the first two weeks of the program really looking at mindset and limiting beliefs first before we ever get them into the you know the launch planning and all of that stuff because I know they'll take those plans and run with it and still have not made space for themselves where they're not creating another job Mm -hmm. that is so funny one because that's even something that I'm still working on like in my um experience as an entrepreneur like um I'd be so passionate about this stuff I just be like all right let me let me think through this let me put this put together workshop and stuff is just like no I need to rest because I've also noticed that my best ideas come after I've had a moment where I'm just sitting or whether I'm, I'm still or like in the shower like when I'm just literally being mindful about like showering you know what I'm saying and I think that's so important but agree same like the mamas that I work with um so with our process and our program, everyone identifies a wellness goal for themselves based on a wellness assessment that they take, um, which I, I really love because it helps to individualize the process for them as far as what they're working on. And some of them, their goals are so um, foundational and like for them, it they feel basic almost. And I always have to remind them like, look, it's okay for us to just work on you getting more sleep. Like that's fine. <laughs> it's fine um, because you otherwise would not have worked on this but also you getting more sleep now is going to mean so much more for you later and you'll be able to do and show up and and be so much more later um and so I, I feel you on like sometimes for the moms that that I'm working with in the program um they're they're so focused on like oh it doesn't feel like I'm doing enough yes and we have to like rework that and like unlearn that that belief of like, oh, I'm not doing enough. And yeah. when it's no resting is enough. It really is. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think that is so key, especially when we look at breaking these generational patterns. Yeah. So we saw our moms never sit down until, you know, everything is done or even cooking Thanksgiving dinner or whatever. And she never gets to sit down and enjoy the meal or different things like that. I think as we rewrite these things, we have to kind of look at those limiting beliefs that we're carrying around it as well about rest and those stories that we're telling ourselves. Cause I think for me personally, when I would rest, I was always waiting for the other foot to drop. Like, Oh, I'm resting. Oh girl, you ain't about to make your sales next month. Or <laughs> Like I had to be careful about like, and it's like, no, like you built this plan. You've worked the process. You've set the savings aside. And so really 
not only just making a decision to rest, but being able to enjoy the rest and be present in the rest as well, I think is important. And it goes back to a lot of those generational things that we've been telling ourselves. So I guess my question for you is when you're helping them, what patterns are you seeing that we're carrying from generation that you kind of have them working through? <laughs> a lot. That was a triggering question, Jessica. <laughs> this is so many. Oh my gosh. Like, I just, I, we could talk about that all day. Yeah. Um, like just literally so many patterns, like, like, okay, let me calm down. Patterns such as like, just not feeling like you're able to ask for help. Ooh, and I think, yeah. yeah, I think that's a big one. And again, I love looking at how like generational patterns, right? And I'm really fascinated about working with millennial moms because it, it tells us so much about the context um, just in terms of society right yeah. so for instance example my parents are baby boomers um mm -hmm. and so <laughs> in that time things were a little bit more traditional you yeah. know my mom uh did more of like the hands-on stuff at home my dad would be the one that would work my mom also had a full-time job right. but she still <laughs> did um you know more of the household things and so me growing up but then also other millennial mamas growing up and maybe seeing that if they did have two parents in the home it can then be confusing when we're brought into our motherhood experience and feeling like we need to act we need to like we need help, but we've yeah. never seen our mothers ask for it. Mm -hmm. So like mm -hmm. this feeling of like, oh, I know I have this fully functional person in the home with me, but I'm still afraid to ask for the help. Or I feel like it, it means something about me as a mom. Yes. Um, another pattern I see often that we're having to unlearn is like this, um, how do I say this? This, um, your value as a mother being directly tied to how much you're able to do by yourself or, you know, things like that. Um, mm -hmm. Just because you can like clean the whole house in a day and do all the things that don't mean that you're, that doesn't say anything for like how you are as yeah. a mother. That says nothing. And so having to unlearn that because so many of us um, looked at our mothers and our grandmothers as like these superhuman people. Mm -hmm. And that is the value. Um, that was their value in our families, you know, like, yeah. oh, my mom could whip up a meal out of nothing in 10 minutes. Like, you know, just stuff like that. <laughs> and it's just like, well, damn, if I can't do that, then what does that say about me as a mom, you know, like unlearning things like that, or even just, you know, the, the rest piece is huge, you know, because we are constantly feeling like, oh, if I sit down, then something's being missed or something's being dropped. Um, and it's because we, many of us grew up seeing our moms and our grandmothers go, go, go. And that was like the, the value that was what made them like our, our queens or, you know, the, the yeah. matriarchs of our family, because they were so functional. They serve such big roles that no one else could. And so then we feel like, well, if I can't be like that, what does that say about me as a mom? And so having to unlearn all of that is a lot. <laughs> um, it's, it's just so necessary because I, you know, what I'm able to help mama see is that, um, yes, we love our moms. We love our grandmothers. We love our aunties for how they showed up because honestly, we wouldn't be here without them and their love and how they sacrificed. And it's okay for us to say, but no more. You know, like, we're not going to do it like that anymore. We're going to do it differently. And then the other step that I really love, like, reflecting on is thinking about um, how sometimes our moms and our grandmothers are kind of, like, cheering us on because they get to see us do it differently. Mm -hmm. And all the while, they're like, I, I wish I could have done it like this. So I'm so glad yeah. that you're this way. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I know that was a, a mouthful. Yeah, but. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's a big thing. And then even just not feeling that embarrassment around hiring help mm. or asking for help or telling ourselves stories about why we can't have help, I think is a is a mm. big thing. And then looking at just a lot of times I reflect on like, what was their mental health like? Like wow. if I'm falling to pieces <laughs> trying to figure this out, but I have access to the internet and you know, these conversations are a little more normalized now mm -hmm. to be able to talk this out with other women and, you know, and re recognize that this is normal. I'm like in what battles, you know, mindset battles or mental health battles were they facing doing this in silos and in silence where they could not ask anyone. And so that's one of the ways I kind of help free some of my clients from it as well is like, 
maybe our mamas didn't have it all together. Like if you really look at it, if this is hard for you with the technology and the information, the community that we have access to, imagine what it was like for them. So I'm interested in for you at, you know, someone with a clinical background, mm-hmm. how does that play into, I guess, mama starting that journey? Like, are you seeing that women are making that connection around, oh, my mental health is affected by motherhood? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And like some of them just don't even realize until they sign on for something like this. Mm-hmm. They just don't, you just, they just don't even think about it because like some of them are just so conditioned to think about everyone else first. Yeah. Um, and, but when you stop and make the decision to really think about your mental health, especially in motherhood, um, you're putting yourself first. And so yeah. that's like a huge thing that again, we didn't really often see our moms and our grandmothers do, um, but we're having to learn how to do like, okay, how do I put myself in this, how, how do I put myself first in this moment? Um, so that I can handle my mental health. And so, yeah, that is transformational because once they actually are aware of that, and then we actually start to talk about it and work on it a little bit more, it completely changes how they then show up in motherhood. Um, they they start asking for help more, <laughs> you know, they start to um, expectations around um even how they parent and, you know, how they show up for their kids and just even little things like not being afraid to set boundaries around like, all right, this is mommy's quiet time, you know, Mm -hmm. where before they didn't even consider the fact that they need quiet time. They just assumed that, well, I'm a mom, so I'm supposed to be able to handle it all the time. And that's not true. So it is huge. The connection about our mental, our health and our well-being is huge. Yeah. And I'm glad you're facilitating those conversations too in the safe space. What is the community like for you? Because that for me, that was paramount and once I started to see it blossom I'm like oh shoot I created something here that I know I needed so what was that experience like for you creating community literally the same like oh gosh I have I love that is my favorite part of it and so like I definitely am curious to hear more from you too but like before I like for example before we started the empower wellness program and it's a a year old now which is really dope um I was just working one-on-one with the mamas and like we was doing great you know we was doing good work it was good but like this theme kept coming up and it was that they still were isolated and it was also like in the midst of the pandemic and so um it was just like yes I'm, I'm feeling better I'm doing better things but I still there's still something missing and one day it just clicked like we need to be doing this work together and so now that's why we have a whole program we invite 12 mamas to participate every quarter that's why we do it in community now because the community is so dope and so it didn't start to click for me until like after I saw the first cycle where um, the mamas, like we meet weekly in group to go through all the stuff that we have for the program, but also they communicate with each other outside of group. Yes, and then, that was the start for me. I was like, yes, they're having meetings on their own. Yes. <laughs> like they're talking with one another. They like started a group me and like literally I, so I always stay in touch with the moms and I just think too that's the power of the community like the other day one of them screenshotted a conversation they were having in their group and just like how they were uplifting each other and encouraging one another and it was a whole year after the progress and so like literally a whole year later these moms are still with each other and like supporting one another and it was just like wow this is a community or like even with the retreat that we just recently did we had mamas participate in our virtual retreat those are they're they're still communicating they have a whole group message where they're like cheering each other on one of them sent me a message the other day and was just saying how they're planning something for one of the mamas in their group and wanted me to attend I'm like what y'all still talk like what (laughs) and it's just so and it's funny the I guess the other thing I'll say about it is like I recently said to my husband I was like you know they it's like little pockets of communities that one day I'm working on figuring out like how do I um branch everyone together yeah. that's my own thing I'm trying to work on but I was telling my husband like I created this thing that like I needed to and yeah. it was just like wow like and so now I'm I'm on a quest my own personal journey like yes find my own communities too like yes I'm part of the balanced working mama community as well but like it's just so cool to see like I knew I needed this and now I'm helping other mamas with it and it just feels so good to see yes 
Yeah, same, same with the mom to mobile community. When I first started it, I had no idea that was going to be my most favorite part. I, mm-hmm. You know, I thought watching people birth their businesses would be the most favorite part. But what I realized about community is that they get to see other stages of other people's journey to see how close they are to the thing that they're trying to achieve. And so I think sometimes when we're doing these things in isolation, you feel so far off from your goal or so far off of the target. And it's like, maybe I'm doing something wrong. I'm not implementing correctly. Maybe I don't know what I'm doing. But then when you get in community, you're like, oh, well, this person, you know, they were just struggling with their first launch two weeks ago. And now they just, you know, made their first 5,000 in sales. Or, you know, this person, I remember when we first started the program, she was afraid to go live. She was afraid to, you know, show up in her content. And now you see that person four weeks later doing it. I think it gives a new level of hope and like encouragement that if you just work your process, you can see results as well. And so the same thing with them encouraging each other. But I think just being in proximity to Mm -hmm. see somebody doing the thing that you're trying to do is always powerful for them. And I'm on the same quest as you. It's like, how can I get them all? And I was like in the middle of planning it when COVID hit. And I was like, well, I guess I got to wait till like 2022 um, before I can bring them all together. But I think even when we look at, you know, group coaching communities, I think a lot of people don't realize that part of what you're paying for is the, the mm-hmm. community. And so um, I think you get as much as you put into those communities. And so I have, yep. you know, some mamas who are more introverted versus some who are more, you know, extroverted, but I think everybody who puts the time in to connect with people gets those deep connections that they're looking for. Absolutely. Yes. I, I could, I agree a hundred percent. And even on our end, like we're working on wellness and um, you know, our framework is that there's nine categories of wellness for working mamas. And so people in the program are working on different aspects of wellness, but they're still learning from just watching the experience of the other. Like you said, there's just so much that you can learn um, by watching somebody else do their thing Um, and vice versa. Like one thing that I have found that has been interesting and I'm curious to see if it's the same for your mamas is that, you know, not only are the moms learning from another mom, but like they're surprised to realize that they actually can like teach somebody else something or like, um, like they have like, um, value to add, yeah. you know, and like sometimes they're like, "Oh, I didn't realize that I could be helpful too," and I'm just like, "Yeah, girl, you got you got skills as well. Like, you know, there's value that you add to this group, and also there's value that you're getting out of it. So I think that part is also cool to watch, like seeing a mom um, support someone else and then her be surprised that she's able to to do that. Yeah, purposely in the Facebook group, sometimes I like delay myself in answering to see if they're going to answer each other. And almost every single time somebody knows the exact answer or they've tried that strategy and it didn't work for them. And so they have a tweak that they can share. And so it is always exciting for them to see how much they've grown over the course of the program as well. And a lot of them, even though Mom to Mobile itself is only 12 weeks if they go through the course, eight weeks if they do the accelerated version they are in that Facebook group forever so most of the moms I have worked with over the last year and a half so about 18 months they still stay stay with me out I don't make them leave either (laughs) and so with even within the Facebook community seeing that back and forth or seeing people grow from where they started versus you know a year later after just taking in information Um, and I think it also helps the community aspect helps you to see that no matter what season you're in things are possible for you to grow. There are things you still have to learn. There's things you, you know, have to unlearn and just having a mixed bag of people who are all committed to this journey of learning is, is the exciting part for me. Yes. Oh, I love it. And so I'm just thinking, you know, of course I have some more questions for you, but like, I know for me on my end, like doing this work, like helping mamas with their wellness is, is huge. It's a huge passion of mine, but I've realized I can't do it if I'm not, um, working on my wellness is it's like a, a parallel process and so I'm curious for you what is that parallel process for you because you have been very transparent about like you have your own business goals and you mm-hmm. you know I know that you recently hit six figures which is like so dope oh, so inspiring <laughs> um and so like what is that process for you like the parallel process of like helping mamas um grow their their businesses but then also you doing it as well yeah, what's really funny, and this is kind of off topic, but on topic, I had a conversation with my therapist last week around imposter syndrome of like, mm-hmm. I'm teaching people mm-hmm. to do this very specific work. And then 
in the background sometimes I'm like my life is falling apart (laughs) like that also makes me the best qualified person to help them because through this process of last week I shared like my kids were on 10 and like I'm in the middle of a launch and it's like it's so and I literally the day before I had posted a reel or a story about how much I enjoy being home with them and (laughs) how much I enjoy being able to to run the business and still be accessible to them and then the day the next day there were like obstacles to every single thing that I was trying to do and so I think sometimes when we are building this in the middle of you know teaching other people about it it's easy to get sucked into wait I'm not doing something right but I think it it qualifies you the most to really help people get the result that they're looking for because you share in their journey. You share in the same obstacles that they're facing. Um, you share in the same, you know, fears. And so that parallel process for me is always unique <laughs> because of the work that I'm doing in therapy. It's always unique because a lot of the clients that I serve have very similar backgrounds or very similar experiences as I do. And so what I try to remember is that, okay, you can still teach this and not be perfect at it. Like you can still be learning and still be teaching someone because you are still just a few steps ahead of them. And I said, so I think a lot of people sometimes hold back because they don't feel as much of an expert as they want to be. They think it has to be perfect or they have to be 15 steps ahead to, you know, sow into somebody else and give them knowledge. But even if you're learning along the way, your experience is valuable and the things that you can help people achieve is valuable. So I think just keeping that in perspective, like just by nature of you showing up and being willing to share your experience um, can help you walk those paths at the same time. Wow. That's, I needed to hear that. Thank you. Uh (laughs) Because, you know, that same, same, like it sometimes can feel very, um, what's the word? Like, just pressure, you know, feeling like, okay, I, I've told myself I'm the expert in terms Mm -hmm. of millennial motherhood wellness. I've said that. (laughs) And yet sometimes I'm also like, damn, my, my life is going crazy right now. And like, I've also been very transparent about the last few months of my life have been really hard. Like I, I lost my father, had my second baby, experienced some health challenges after having the baby. And so life was like really, it it was a lot and so there was a moment where I almost was like oh my gosh like can I still be this person like while I'm struggling with my wellness and I think exactly what you said it 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 might make me the perfect person to do it because I'm so committed to my wellness but that doesn't mean that wellness is always going to be perfect it's that I'm always going to show up for it um and and there's some sort of like there's something to being able to show up and then also share the experience so that other people can learn from that but then also like taking the tools and helping and sharing them with other people um there's something to that and so I yeah thank you because I needed to hear that like it, it no, my wellness doesn't have to be perfect, just like your process doesn't have to be perfect, but there's still so much value um, that we can give to the mamas that we're supporting. Yeah, and I think a lot of the, when we go back to those generational patterns that we're talking about, a lot of them are tied up in shame. So this feeling of shame or embarrassment if we're not getting something exactly right. And so the way I get ahead of that is I share my mess while it's happening. (laughs) And then I invite them to join me on the journey. And then I, you know, two months from now when it all works out, I'm like, okay, y'all, six figure year. Like, who knew this was coming? Um, So that allows me to not wallow in the shame or get stuck Mm -hmm. on the mistake or get stuck on the Failure, knowing that okay if I share this first it's not going to feel so embarrassing and then what typically happens is you get a rush of dms of people who are like girl me, yeah, too. me too thank you for saying thank you. it yeah. <laughs> right. like, thank you for saying it because now I know it, it helps other people see that they are not the only one facing these things and so sometimes especially on social media when we see you know, these perfect pictures of motherhood or these people who are doing all the Pinterest recipes and they are doing all the gentle parenting and still dressing up every day for their husbands. It can make you feel like, well, maybe I'm the one that's flawed and I can't figure it out. Everybody else has it figured out. And so I'm just trying to help the hot mess moms who also (laughs) have a tinge of perfectionism see that okay girl you and your perfectionism we can still make these mistakes it can still work out just continue again continue to be committed to showing up absolutely yes that's why I'm always like look I'm gonna show up in this bonnet y'all know 
That's, this, this is how I look right now. This is what I feel like. It's fine. Yeah. All the while I hear my kids yelling upstairs, like it's fine. <laughs> and the more we say it's fine, the more it normalizes for other people that it's fine. And again, it builds a more diverse like picture online. I think mm-hmm. the, the more that people open up and are transparent and authentically themselves, it gives other people permission to kind of show up in that way too. And, you know, cause I think there's coins out here for everybody. And so if we were just saving the coins for the Pinterest moms or the influencer mom that had it all together, um, mm-hmm. that would be unfair to the rest of us. And so what I also find is that people resonate with the messy and the imp- imperfection. And so when people resonate with those things, they are more likely to, you know, patronize your business and be served by you because mm-hmm. they feel a connection to you. Yep. Absolutely. It's like that authenticity that is just yeah. so, I, like you said, people just gravitate towards that mm-hmm. and love that. And I'm sure that that's a big part of like, as you coach mamas, like really telling them to just show up as themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, because like you said, there's coins out here for everybody. You don't have to be a certain type of person. Um, and I think that's a, honestly, that's a piece for me too, in the wellness space, like showing moms that you could just show up as you are um, when you're asking for help, when you're with your children, like you don't have to be this perfect mom all the time. Like just literally show up how you are um, and, and, it's fine you know it's okay to just be who you are in that moment um so yeah that's that's huge yes I I think we touched on so much in just that part um I guess my next question for you is like what is the biggest struggle you are hearing among working moms because I think we both serve working moms and so that's a little unique um so what are you hearing from them as the the biggest struggles in motherhood yes so like right now on July 25th, (laughs) the big thing is, um, and I actually, I have another episode coming out about this. It's like this transition, um, like this post-pandemic transition, like things are changing. (laughs) People are about to go back to work in person. The -hmm. schools are about to open up. Like we about to start doing these routines that we haven't done for a year and a half. Like, I think that's like a huge thing for a lot of the mamas right now is like, oh my gosh, like there was something about the pandemic, like it was challenging, but it allowed so many of them to like slow down and really see the concerns and the issues that were happening. And it kind of gave them a space to like really work on them in a different way. But now things are going to ramp up. And I think there's a little fear or anxiety around like, okay, what is life going to look like now as we transition into this new space but also like they probably enjoy like some of the slowness that came with the pandemic right so I think that's a a really huge thing but also something um another big thing is just like a lot moms feel very isolated they Mm -hmm. they feel like it's and again I think that's been exacerbated with the pandemic too it's like just feeling like it's so hard to find their their people or like their community like the place where they can just like be themselves and you know just be real and transparent like it's a lot of them are finding that like motherhood is a challenge but then also like communicating or expressing how they feel in this journey is hard too because feel so isolated they don't have the communities so of course there's so many others but the two big ones that that keep reoccurring for sure the transition back yeah and I, I feel a lot of that too because for the last 16 17 months I've been my son's playmate and teacher my husband's co-worker <laughs> then I have my two youngest kids that I'm like trying to do Montessori toddler with and potty train and all of that yeah. um so I'm seeing some of the same concerns what I did see last year during the pause is that a mm-hmm. lot of people started their businesses and so that was mm-hmm. that was good for me as a coach um, mm-hmm. but what I'm interested in seeing is now that people are returning back to work does this move back to hobby or does this stay at the top of mind like oh I slowed down I want to start this business because I like being slowed down I like being home and so do I go all in on my business to be home more or am I gonna you know I think a lot of people may find that they put their hobby to the side I saw something random on TikTok that like animal shelters are overflowing because a lot of people got pets during the pandemic and now that they're going back to work they can't spend time with these pets and so they're (laughs) dropping all these pets off at the shelters and they're like they they can't take anymore and so I'm curious if business is going to be like that for some people they're going to put their business back on the back burner now that they have to commute now that they have to do you know happy hours and after work things or travel again for work yep 
well, look, you can follow along on my Instagram because I'm going to be doing that very thing, like trying to figure out, like, how do I do this now? Because I was that person where it was like, all right, pandemic hit. Um, I'm working from home, got a little bit of free time. Let me start the business. And and it I did it. And now I'm like, oh, what does this look like now that I actually have to go work in person? And so like that is an ever evolving process for me um, that I'm I'm um but it's definitely going to be a very new experience so (laughs) I will keep you posted on how that goes because yeah I I I can be the case study for that um but like I I think this conversation has been so rich I think I'm trying to figure out which other last question I want to ask you before we have to go back to our our children and our families (laughs) um I'm I'm curious for you like how has starting your business, because I, I know that, again, I love what you do because you're so great at really telling your story of like why you started your business and how corporate America wasn't fair for you and how you didn't want to, to, to do that anymore. But I'm curious about how starting your business has changed how you show up in motherhood, but also just with your own wellness as well. Oh, so many ways. So the instantly when I left corporate America, I realized a weight was lifted off of my shoulders mentally. Mm -hmm. So I have been mentally exhausted in my career for a long time, but I didn't know it. And so literally the day after I quit, all of a sudden I can hear birds chirping outside or like I was really in tune with nature. I can hear the wind blowing. It was like so many things I had kind of been like shuffling through life, missing out on, or like, you know, you drive home from work and you don't know how you got home. You just know you left work and then you were home. Like moments, like I didn't realize how much I was dissociating from my life because of the burden of my corporate job. So that was the first thing. And so I became way more mindful related to wellness. And so really making space to just have quiet and peace and, you know, time with my thoughts and, and, you know, prayer time and things like that, Um, Mm -hmm. that opened up by way of starting a business. And then also being really in tune to what each of my children need. So when I first started my business, I only had one kid and I've gone from one to three and literally under two years. Um, so that was like a slap in the face. I probably would not have survived if I was still going to corporate every day, um, having two under two and then a seven-year-old, but really like paying attention to like their love languages and their temperament and their personalities and really being able to be dialed into what parts of motherhood are triggering. A lot of things I was not feeling or experiencing because I was so bogged down at work and so now I got all these new emotions so at first I thought I was just stressed pandemic wise but it's like no you're in tune to your emotions now welcome (laughs) so in therapy over the last year and I've been with her about a year so the last year really tapping into my emotions and really seeing what's triggering to me and how to reparent myself and all of those things have opened up because not only does the business provide the income because I think we have to be very truthful about how financial stress affects your mental stress and your space for all these other things. And so like being able to improve my exercise and my eating, all of that came from having more time freedom and having more financial freedom brought on by the business. And so I think in order to move from a place of surviving to thriving, they go hand in hand. Like people need more money to be able to experience some of the wellness things in order to be able to take a break or in order to be able to invest in self-care. And so a lot of that living paycheck to paycheck affects how much you're paying attention to your eating, how much you're paying attention to your body, and even sometimes how much you're paying attention to your kids, um, because you're just trying to put food on the table for them and go to the next thing. And so I think gaining that freedom with my time, gaining that freedom in my finances opened up this new space of energy where I can focus on conscious parenting now. Like I can, you know, rewrite my diet and my exercise and really look at, I can pay attention to my skincare. I can get in therapy, all these other things opened up from having that freedom with my time and my money I love that I really do so inspiring I love it so thank you so much Jasmine for like having the conversation with me um and just us chatting like this was really really dope hopefully we can do it again soon yes this was good yes yes um I'm trying to think if there's anything else I have one Um, for you I have one last one for you how has it been going from one kid to two 
<laughs> because going from one to two wasn't as hard for me. It was going from two to three because of the age different. But I know your kids are in that age gap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the two under two. So it is smoother than I thought it would be. Oh, because good. I have a two-year-old and I have a three-month-old. And I think the the smooth parts are that it feels like I was able to fall into it with the second one a lot faster because it's like oh we just did this yesterday right with our, with our son you know it didn't feel so far away like breastfeeding or like waking up in the middle of the night like all those things it was like oh I remember how to do this yeah. but then also it felt for me a little bit smoother because it was like I could refine it this time it was like okay I did it this way the first time this is what worked this is what didn't work now I can do it a different way because I I had an example the first time so that part I love like I really actually enjoyed that part of it it's like I was just telling my husband like Eden is definitely getting the refined version of us because (laughs) we know a little bit better and all the while I think we did great with my son but she's definitely getting the version of like, oh yeah, we know how to do this. Like, we mm-hmm. did it. Um, but I think the hard part is one that they're both so young at the same <laughs> That's time. The part that nobody talks about the lack of independence on both right. sides. Like, they both need something all mm-hmm. the time, and so that is tricky. And it has. Um, actually it's funny I just recorded a podcast with my husband so we're gonna be talking about this on our podcast like um, it's required us to really like be on the same page at all times of like all right you do this I got this we gonna do this like just always constantly communicating about like what are the needs and who's going to cover them at any given moment because it always is like ever-changing ever-evolving and that's a huge part of like what we talk about in balance working mama too like don't fall into the trap of feeling like you got to do everything just because you're the mom and so that's you know always being in in communication with my partner like look this is what we need to do what you gonna do this is what I'm gonna do like yeah like especially two little ones is a lot of work but also the other thing that I think I'm experiencing that I'm trying to work through is like with my son we had our own routines and like I I did a lot of hands-on things with him like putting him in bed or reading with him or going on long walks, like things like that. Then I had my second child, I had a C-section. And so it was like tons of recovery. And so like, just, just off of that, a lot of our routines were knocked out. Cause it was like, all right, mommy can't put you to bed anymore. You know, mommy can't pick you up like we used to. Mommy can't do all these things. And so my husband had to fill in it in a different way. But then now it's like, all right, I'm fully recovered, but I'm breastfeeding it infant and she's like an extension of me at this point and so now I'm trying to balance all right how do I make sure that I still um show up for my son give him you know be present with him give him some time with just me and him um all the while having to do all the things for my daughter and so that is something that I know will continue to evolve but it's like a, a a it's it's not easy right now you know like trying to make sure you know I want to give him some time but also like Eden's here too and so how do you balance like yes we are a family so we're all going to be together but I know that you want time with mommy and so let's make this happen so whoo yeah look same same with Tyler and I'm one is one years old the other one is two I'm one year into them both being little at the same time and it it is that balancing game of like how do you give each one attention and yeah so it's it's hard because even with my son my seven-year-old I was home two years with him and then my two-year-old we were home by ourselves the first year so she got that full attention and so now the third one she's born in the middle of pandemic and everybody is home home. on me so I'm like oh baby I have to make it up to her when the rest of them go to school oh my gosh and she's grown so much like I was again watching your stories the other day like how has it been a whole year exactly what I remember when she was born it's crazy yes they grow fast and now that was always one thing my dad always used to say like the days how did he say it what is the expression the days are long but the years are short. but the years are short yes yes and so when he would always say that I just be like all right we get it but like now I truly understand like days are so long but the years (laughs) go by (laughs) so fast and so it's just so amazing 
It really is. Yes. Well, thank you for joining me on the Mom to Mogul podcast. And thank you for having me on <laughs> Balance Working Mama. Thank you, for, thank you for being on Balance Working Mama podcast, Jasmine. Like, I'm so excited um, just for all the things that you're doing, but all the ways that you've inspired me. So just thank you for being on and having this chat with me. Yeah. And congratulations on your 16K. Thank you, ma'am. I don't know where I know where it came. It, them reels. Yeah, them reels. You're telling us to do the reels, and I did them, and boom. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, all right, Jasmine. Well, it was so good talking to you, and I can't wait for us to do it again. Yes. Hey mama, Balance Working Mama is growing. I want to make sure that you stay connected and up to date with everything happening over here. So you don't miss any of the good stuff, head over to balanceworkingmama.com, sign up for the newsletter. You'll always be the first to learn of any new podcast episodes, events, programs, and you'll get a hello from me every now and then. So sign up today, mama, because I want to connect with you soon. Hey mama, thank you for listening to the Balanced Working Mama podcast. If you love this podcast, please be sure to rate it and share it with another mama that you know. And don't forget to follow me and Balanced Working Mama on Instagram. I'll talk to you soon.